Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 53 of Design Chat with Josh. I'm your host, Josh Reach, as always. And in this design podcast, we talk about product design, we talk about a little bit of marketing, maybe a little bit of graphic design. Um, but today we're going to talk about video game design. I know I've brought this up before in past episodes, um, kind of design for video games and video game UI. But I want to talk about some lessons I've learned about video game design over the past year because, like many of us, uh, and the sales and uh, usage of, of game consoles and video games has proven this, but like many of us, during the pandemic, we have been playing a lot more video games, even those of us that don't normally play a lot of video games. Uh, we've got to figure out some way to fill up our time. And video games have been one of those ways. Now, I've always played video games. I grew up playing them. Uh, it definitely has been a, a less than healthy amount of hours I've spent the past year. Although I could argue it's maybe healthy because I'm not going out. I'm staying inside, being safe, right? Uh, not contaminating others. But um, the, the thing that I love about video games is not just you know, the story or the action or the strategy or the talent that it takes to maybe get through certain things. But I am always looking at really two things. Number one, the environment, the detail, the world itself. We're not going to talk about that. What we're going to talk about is the other thing I look at a lot, which is the user interface. And video games are much, much different than I think a normal website or an app because you do have a very much more focused demographic, uh, much more targeted uh, set of users. There is an expected learning curve, I think, in a lot of video games. You know, when you start a new game, you expect to have to learn the controls. You expect to have to learn the menu options and where things are. Um, but what's interesting is, you know, when you're switching between a bunch of different video games, even ones from the same franchise or the same developer, even the most subtle differences can really throw you off and you can't remember the controls. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later. And I kind of want to talk about how, like, you know, making users remember things is not always the best user experience, right? As uh, a lesson learned early on uh, in my UX career and something that was touted by um, people I worked with in, in product design, you know, it's just look like, <laughs> Don't, basically back to the don't make me think, uh, make things intuitive. Uh, and, and some video games do this really, really well. Some video games, not so well. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a difference. I think there's a difference between the UI and there's a difference between the controls. And I also want to talk about that in this episode. Uh, and some of this, I think, is going... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it. I'm going to share some things I liked, some frustrations and things like that. But I, I think there's some things I've taken from this that have kind of helped me advocate a little bit more for a user in, when, I'm, when I'm designing for the web, for instance, okay? Uh, and, and it's just because, I, I, you know, I've felt some pain that they've maybe gone through uh, or I've had to had to have that learning curve, uh, which can be frustrating, even in a video game where you have a lot more time, you're more focused, and, you know, you, you're expected to learn things. So... Video game UI. There are there are a couple games that I've been playing the past year, and I want to talk about the UI of each of these games. Okay, uh, the first game is Fallout seventy six. Okay, so this is a post apocalyptic America 
uh, game. It's an online version of the game where you play with other players. I'm not going to get into too much of the story or history or background of these games, but for those of you who don't play video games, <laughs> you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, right? But this game, okay, and this is what I love about video game UI, uh, it, it, it is taken place in kind of this futuristic parallel universe. So in this universe, yes, it's the year 21 something, right? Um, and, you know, the world ended essentially in the year 2077. But um, this universe is very retro 50s and 60s era, uh, from the design of the cars to the music that is played on radios. Everything's kind of frozen in that time. And even though it was the future, it was also kind of like the past. So just imagine basically computers from you know, the, the 70s, really, the early computers, right, 70s or to 80s, and then, like, music and technology uh, from, like, the 50s and 60s, um, powered mostly by fusion power and nuclear power instead of, like, batteries, right, normal batteries. Uh, this is important to know because the UI of this time reflects that type of computer technology. And I think that the Fallout series has always kind of been like this, where it's uh, kind of a, a, a green, neon, like monotone color UI um, with very few actual visual graphics and a very and a lot of text. Um, so think about computers before the days of a graphic user interface, right? It was the days before a mouse. It was all keyboards. Um, that is kind of how the UI is designed in. Fallout. And in Fallout 76, it's actually, I think it's it's orange. Um, and I get so used to it, you kind of forget what it is. And you could change the colors if you want, I think, if you if, if you desire um, in, in the menus. But um, the user is presented, though, with this kind of very high contrast, kind of retro looking user interface. What's interesting about Fallout, though, is that there is quite a big learning curve in the UI. Because a lot of the UI, you don't know what actions you need to take to select something, to favorite something, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They are showing you, and, and this is kind of a common theme in game UI, there's almost like a key or a legend on each screen you go on, uh, where at the bottom of the screen, they'll show you this button does this, this button does this. We'll imagine we're playing on a controller, okay, like a PlayStation or an Xbox. And it'll specify with a little shape and the kind of somewhat look of the button, but in that retro UI form, uh, it'll show you what each button does. The tricky part with this, though, is, and, and there's really no way of getting around it when you think about it when it comes to video games, is each screen that you're on in that UI, those button actions can change. They can totally change. And so you don't know, <laughs> you just don't know what to do. Um, and you eventually figure it out. You eventually get used to it. You can, you know, not look at that key or legend to have to know, like, okay, how do I do this again? How do I do that again? It becomes second nature the more and more and more you play it. Um, this is great for video games, right? Um, and, and I know some people might think, you know, aha, see, look, if you just get used to my app or my website, you'll know how to use it. The problem is people don't spend <laughs> sometimes six to eight hours at a time or even an hour, okay, on a website or a mobile app. They're in and out real quick. They maybe open the app a few times, with the exception of social media apps, right? Uh, where maybe they're scrolling through, but again, that's just kind of like one motion, right? You're just scrolling through and consuming content. 
But if you think about it in the sense of, you know, say, uh, I'll use I'll use a healthcare app. So your health insurance app, right? Uh, you're not in that all the time, right? You don't know how to navigate that that app, and you don't know how to navigate the insurance company's site, right? That that easily. So you shouldn't have to guess or remember where things are in the interface, right? Where the menu is and things like that. And when things do change, you're like, oh my God, what happened? I don't know where everything is now. Um, because you maybe got a little bit used to that. Video games actually don't change their UI. Um, I, I can't really think of any video games that drastically or ever changed the way the user interface works or operates. They might add to it. Uh, but they don't completely overhaul it, like we'll overhaul a website or an app, which got me thinking like, wow, okay, so in an environment where you're used to memorizing commands and things like that, and, and where play things are and buttons on the controller that you're not even looking at, you're just looking at a screen, so you're feeling the buttons, um, you know, you get used to that in a video game, and they don't change it. You know, those button that button layout will stay the same on that game for the entire life of the game, usually. But yet, on a website or a mobile app, you know, th those buttons, those those locations of menus and things like that, they will change more frequently, but the user isn't on there that often, right? So it's just, it's kind of a testament to like on an app or on a website, we have to be even more clear as to where things are and what things do in order to make sure that we're providing the best experience for our user. Um, and so what what I want to compare the Fallout UI to, though, um, you know, is yes, it has great contrast. Yes, the text is really big on the TV, uh, so that's really nice. Uh, I want to compare it though to, say, uh, 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 Red Dead Redemption Two, okay, or Red Dead Online, okay. Now, this is uh, another game that I played quite a bit this past year. You're going to learn a lot about me just based on the video games I play. Um, but I have no shame. I, I love video games, all sorts of them. Um, but I think, you know, Red Dead Redemption, which is developed by a different company and, and created by a different company. Uh, so that that game, and I'll talk about Red Dead Online in particular, because I've been socializing and trying to play with friends on that game uh, more. Um, they have a similar thing where a lot of the menus or things like that, you know, you have to have the kind of the button like, okay, you want to do this, you want to equip this, here's the button you need to do it. Um, the thing they do better though, is the button, okay, is exactly near the actual action. So if you want to know what button to use to hold or equip, you know, a weapon or something like that on your character, um, or even, even favorite something, uh, you know, that is there right by that action you don't have to go look at the another part of the screen to look through a key or a legend of button commands and options for that you know whatever screen you're on and they do this really well not just in menus on the ui of the game but they also do it in uh you know it, like some stuff will disappear and you'll trigger th some things or whatever so you might have to remember some button controls but if you want to toggle like you know uh, a bigger map or you want to hide the map the mini map on the screen that button is right there next to the label and and there's a, a hide you know and and then it what's even neater is neater what's even cooler okay and i think works really well in the ui is there's a lot of push and hold buttons now this obviously isn't going to really work on 
It might work on some app cases. It's not really going to work on websites, right? It's going to be more frustrating. But pushing and holding a button so you don't accidentally trigger or activate or deactivate something, right? And then as you're pushing and holding that button, it shows an animation of the button going down, and then a circle starts spinning and forming around it like a little load icon. And it's like a second or two. And then, whoop, you know, the, the circle completes, the action's done, and you see that feedback. Uh, so, it, you know, they do this really well in Red Dead, right? In Fallout, I've noticed that it that disconnect of moving the labels of the buttons away from the actual action, you know, or you know, the, you know, the the thing that people are trying to do, really, really slows down the experience. And when you switch from one game to another, and say you don't play one game for a while, and then you come back to it or something like that, I notice myself over this past year, especially when I jump back into Red Dead Online. I might forget some of the controls and I have to kind of relearn them a little bit, but I pick them up faster because I'm like, oh yeah, there's that. Oh, that's a button. Oh yeah, that's a button. Because it's all the buttons are right next to the labels of of the action. Whereas in Fallout, I have to take a minute and I'm really making people angry because I'm a little bit slower, you know, and I'm like, hold on. I, what? And I end up sometimes just asking people like, what button is it? Because I just don't want to deal with that legend or key that's at the bottom of the screen. You know, if they could solve this simply by putting little buttons next to a lot of the actions, right? <laughs> but they don't do that. Um, and, you know, in some cases, they could, they really could. Uh, so this is kind of that, that classic le uh, lesson of like labeling things appropriately. So on a website or an app, you know, especially in a user interface, don't just use icons, right? Unless, you know, because we're using, you know, say, on a, on a desktop computer, right? We're using actual keys. If you want keyboard shortcuts for your website, then okay, like put the key next to it. But, you know, don't make people guess on what is clickable, what you can use and uh, interact with, and, and, and don't make them guess as to where it goes. Um, you know, take the lesson of a video game where, you know, they, they say, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the actual button and then close or expand or, you know, <laughs> or uh, minimize or whatever it may be, um, or favorite or draw weapon, right, is, is right there and, and right next to the button. You know exactly what you need to do. Um, it, it should be even easier on a website because you don't have a million buttons that you're trying to teach people to use. You really have one mouse click or one tap or one finger, right, if they're using a touch screen. Um, but I still feel like, you know, sometimes you know, we're not clear on what is something that a user can interact with on a website. Um, and, uh, and it's even trickier, too, I think, for, you know, mobile and tablet devices, because you don't have hover states and, you know, a cursor, <laughs> you know, you have you have a finger and, and then just one shot, boom, there it is. Um, so uh, th there's just a stark difference, I think, between the two. The next thing that I've noticed playing a lot of video games is, <laughs> and I don't know, maybe I'm getting old, uh, but I don't think I'm that, I mean, I'm, I'm not that old. I'm not, I'm not that old, but even if I wasn't old, this is a poor experience because when it comes to the world of video games, a lot of us are getting up there in age. And so people of all ages play video games. And so this kind of, uh, kind of accessible, inclusive design, I think, in a lot of video game UI is not practiced. So Fallout 76, we'll go back to that. Yes, it's a very retro look. Um, they do a good job uh, and they give you different uh, options of how the UI can look in say a main menu, right? But they do a good job with high contrast, bold text, and uh, uh, 
and bigger text. So no matter what size screen I'm playing on, if it's a smaller computer screen that I'm sitting closer to or a TV screen that's far away, um, you know, they do a good job of making it legible. I don't have to wear my glasses when I'm playing a game, like when I'm playing a Fallout game, because the, the text in the UI is big enough. The color contrast is perfect as well. Uh, and this is from somebody, if, if you haven't listened to any past episodes, a little refresher, I am colorblind, right? So I kind of feel a lot of pain that people who have kind of an extreme red-green color blindness, that's, that's what I experience. So they do a good job on Fallout of at least providing that contrast. Uh, actions and buttons and, and commands and things might be confusing and you have to really memorize stuff, um, but the, the text is really, really easy to see, really, really easy to read. Uh, and they've always done a good job with that. So I applaud Bethesda, the developer of that, that game, of, of really making a clear, accessible UI. Okay, And I believe you can change the color of the UI, too, if you can't see the color. But the, the defaults they have are usually really, really good. Um, but then there's another game that we're going to bring into this episode that I noticed has an immensely frustrating yet beautiful UI, but frustrating from a usability standpoint. And that is Cyberpunk 2077. Okay, now I'm not going to get into it. I know some of us listening are video game fans, and there's been a lot of controversy around that game and its rocky launch, and we're not going to get into that. Um, I will say it's a beautiful game. It's a lot of, it's a lot of fun to play. Um, and it's wild to play a game with Keanu Reeves in the game, like as a character. It's, it's crazy. But anyway, um, the, the thing with Cyberpunk 2077, though, is this is a very futuristic game, right? So very advanced computers, you know, holograms, things like that. Um, and just imagine, uh, you know, instead of having a phone with you, you have everything implanted into your body and you have kind of augmented UI, right? Um, so that's kind of the vibe, the, the feeling, the, 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 the way the UI looks in Cyberpunk. It's very futuristic. There's a lot of cool sound effects which actually help with the usability uh, because you can hear things like accessing and, and, and you know you're, the action you're taking is working um, because you can hear it. Um, but the problem with it is from the very beginning, when you first start that game, the text and the buttons and everything are too small. Now, the user is given the option to increase the text size, which I did almost immediately when I started the game up because, I mean, I have pretty good eyes. I, had, I even had my glasses on, but I'm looking at this on a 55-inch TV, and I'm thinking, I, can't, I, can't, I can barely read that. You know, I'm straining my eyes. The text is also very thin. Uh, the contrast is very poor. Cool colors, sure. Um, it's red, um, which <laughs> being red-green colorblind can be tricky. Uh, but it, there's a lot of reds and purples in it. Um, and uh, but it's small. It's light text, uh, you know, in terms of width and thickness. Uh, and and you just yeah, it's it's futuristic. It looks like something out of you know uh, I don't know what what what's that, that Blade Runner, right? It's like that kind of like cool looking you know futuristic stuff. Really sets the mood and the vibe. But you have to almost immediately go into the options of the game before you start and increase that about two or three times so you can actually read the text. And even then, I find myself having really a hard time seeing the text in the game. And I'll say this, they do have a colorblind mode, but it's a fail. It's a massive 
massive failure because the colorblind mode for red green colorblind people um, at least for me, I have a mild to extreme case <laughs> of, of colorblindness. Um, it, it doesn't do anything. They change the text to purple, which is actually even worse. Uh, and it's very, very difficult to see the text. Uh, so I actually ended up going back to the defaults because the text kept blending uh, from the UI. The overlay when you're playing the game kept blending with the sky in the background and a lot of the lighting in the city that you're playing in. Um, and uh, so this was like a really great lesson, I think, you know, of like, this is what not to do with UI. All they would have to do to fix the cyberpunk UI from the beginning is to default it to a bigger size, um, at least on consoles when you know the user is farther away from the screen. Um, you know, maybe on PC it works better. I don't know. I haven't played it on PC, but I've only played it on a console on a TV that's several feet away from me. Um, but they, you know, they just need to increase the size of the text. They need to increase the boldness of the text. Uh, and they also need to thicken the lines for buttons, um, to add a little bit more contrast, uh, in, in the UI, because it can be very difficult to see what's a button and what's not. And sometimes stuff is just underlined or it's just highlighted, but there's not enough color contrast or it's not thick enough. So you don't notice it right away. I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was some action in the inventory, I believe it was, or maybe it was in the skill tree or something like that. I didn't realize that you could, you know, select something and, and increase it. Um, oh, I know what it was. It wasn't in, in the skills menu. They have tabs up at the top, but I didn't know they were tabs because they weren't clear enough. They weren't, they didn't stand out enough. They didn't highlight enough when you hovered over them. Okay. And so I didn't realize that there was like a whole nother set of skills that you could teach your, your character, which is a critical thing in a game, right? And you think about it like in, in a mobile app sense, you know, you, if you're going to use tabs, you need to make sure people understand it's a tab, right? That they can tap onto that. Um, and if you don't, they're going to miss a whole section of that app, right? They're going to miss a whole section of that experience. And that's exactly what happened. I got to nearly the end of the game playthrough with one character. We're talking about 30 to 40 hours of playing this game. Okay. And then I realized, holy shit, there's a whole nother skill tree that I could have, oh my God, this would have made the game so much easier. Oh my God, why didn't I? And I actually got angry. Um, and I didn't blame myself, but I know there's people out there, especially older audiences, if they're playing this, they'll think, oh gosh, I missed that. I'm such an idiot, right? Um, you know, and, and you know, because older people do play video games. And so if they're playing that, people are going to blame themselves. Other people are going to get mad at the developer, which in CD Projekt Red, the developer for Cyberpunk, you don't want to make your people any more mad than they already are. Um, although I will say at this point, just back off CD Projekt Red, like they're doing their best. Um, and the game is brilliant. But back to the UI, you know, like I, I, it was frustrating to realize that just because of a poor design, you know, visual, this is just visual design we're talking, this is the UI. I didn't realize that, that there was a whole nother skill tree. Um, and, and the tabs were also very short, they're very, very thin. Um, so compared to other sections of the menu in, in the game, in the main options menu, it just, it didn't stand out enough. Um, so 
again, these, these are basic lessons. And I think, you know, if anybody, especially if you're new to UX or you want to get into UX um, or even just get into UI design, right? Because I know this is a lot of UI that I'm talking about, but it does affect the actual user experience, right? Like you are not going to enable an easy, accessible design if you have a poor UI like this um, or if you're making mistakes like that, you know, whether it be trying to put everything in a key in a legend where somebody has to go to another part of the screen to understand what actions they can take or if it's just poor color contrast, poor text size, things like that. And it's just not, not accessible in terms of sizing. Um, but, you know, I, you know, fortunately, at least with the text size on, on, the, uh, on Cyberpunk 2077, the user has the control to change that. And in most video games, they have that control. It's kind of a, I think for maybe younger gamers and maybe older ones too, I don't have any information on this, but they might know like, oh, I can go into the menu settings and like in the options menu uh, and change my preferences to a bigger text or a different color UI so I can actually see it. Um, you know, and of course, being a video game, it saves that option forever, basically, until you move to another platform or another console. Um, kind of like an app, right? Like it'll save your preferences within your app until you reinstall that app, or maybe there's an update that maybe clears out those settings, which it shouldn't. That is a big frustration for users. You don't have that problem really in video games unless you uninstall the game. Even then, it'll still ask if usually you want to save your preferences. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so I think Cyberpunk 2077 is, it's just, it's a, I mean, breathtaking, beautiful UI and just really immerses you into that futuristic world experience of Night City and all this stuff. But as cool as it looks and sounds, right? Um, because the, again, the audio visual cues are really cool too. Um, it, 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 it doesn't work. <laughs> I just, I don't know what to say. It doesn't work that well. Um, you know, and it's kind of really refreshing to go back into a game like Fallout after you play Cyberpunk and have bigger text and bolder text and more contrast uh, with your text. Um, but uh, Cyberpunk, uh, even though they may hide stuff, they do a lot of what Rockstar does with Red Dead, where I was talking about to take an action or to, to do something, uh, they put the button right next to that label. Um, so here's the button on the, on the controller you, that you need to push, and it's right next to the label of the action that you want to take or maybe want to take in this game. Uh, and so it just takes the guesswork out of it. It really does. The next part, though, is even though you might say you might have a good, a good color contrast, good text size, and uh, you may label your buttons really well, and you're not asking the user to remember a lot of things. It gets trickier when you start playing games on PC. Uh, and this is something that I, I noticed. I, I don't know if it's just, I, I don't know. I, I've played PC games for most of my life. <laughs> um, so at this point, you know, you would think I would know what a, a button would be uh, on a keyboard in correlation to a button that's next to a label in a video game. But a lot of times, I don't know. I can't tell if that little, you know, upside down bracket is that shift, is that space, is that enter? I, I don't know. What is it control? I, I have no idea. Um, and I realize that in some cases you have limited space in UI, um, but putting shift or space or control or alt or whatever it may be in the actual label 
is more helpful than trying to use an icon within an icon, basically. Um, so as I look, you know, on um, as as I look at you know things like. I, th I think another, a, a good, it's actually Red Dead Online for PC does this pretty poorly where on a controller, you have X circle, triangle, you know, things like that. It's very, very clear. There's obviously a, a smaller number of buttons that you have to work with, but it's very, very clear what those buttons are. Uh, but yet on Red Dead Online on PC, you know, they try to use like a, a weird icon sometimes for a button instead of actually just saying this is the shift key right just put shift in there just just make it easy for me right i don't want to have to guess this i and then you're pushing buttons and they, they're not doing anything and you're like what is going on um and so it, it it doesn't you know just because you do label something doesn't mean that it's actually going to work flawlessly um so just be sure that it's very very clear to the user what those buttons do and i think what what they might fall into in, in, in the video game world is, uh, you know, when they're testing these games and maybe testing the UI of these games, right? They probably have pretty seasoned video game players, right? People that are like actively looking to play video games and test video games, right? I think video game testing is like actually a career you can make, um, if I remember correctly, or it's a job at least uh, that you can have. But those people are very savvy with whatever platform they're playing on. Put it in the hands of just the average video game user and see if they actually understand what those labels mean on the keyboard that are in your UI. You know, do they understand or do they need that shift to be spelled out with a little box that's kind of a similar proportion to a shift key on a keyboard? Um, or is the like upside down bracket or something like that easy enough for them to understand? Um, so this lesson is kind of basically every user's different. Uh, so when we're designing websites and apps, I think, you know, this is where user testing really comes in handy because, you know, I may have experience with a different demographic, a different user base in a different industry, but that doesn't mean that it's going to work for whatever industry or demographic I'm working with now. I can't just copy paste those learnings right over. It's still worth testing. You know, we may not have an issue on consoles, but, you know, PCs might be an issue. Well, they it may not be an issue with you know interacting with the UI for a seasoned video gamer on a PC, but what about somebody who just happens to have a really good PC or they just want a plug and play capability or they want to start to get into PC gaming and they don't know what these buttons mean. They don't know what these keys mean. Um, they shouldn't have to Google what it means or try to poke around. And, and a lot of times we don't want to experiment with buttons and what they mean in a video game because the results can be catastrophic. <laughs> Um, so for instance, uh, in, in Red Dead, uh, you know, when you play that game, um, you are, you know, it's, it's a wild west, uh, for those of you who don't know what the game is, uh, Red Dead Redemption, it's, it's a wild west video game, visually stunning, beautiful game, uh, a cinematic experience. It's like playing through a movie, uh, to be honest, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, and, and Red Dead Online. Um, but you are in the wild west and your character may have guns they may have you know some sort of weapon or something like that and so i can't tell you how many times uh, i couldn't remember a button or i thought i i was 
tapping the right button, but I got it confused with another game and I accidentally shot somebody. Uh, and then that just caused like a bunch of chaos, um, you know, or <laughs> because I'm like, oh no, oh God, that was the wrong button. I didn't mean that. Oh no. And if it was one of my friends that, you know, we laugh it off, right? Cause we're on mic. We know, uh, you know, wrong button, dumb, dummy. Um, but then if it's another player that doesn't know you, they think that you're aggressive and then, then it's just, a chaos and mess, right? Um, it's obviously a lot more extreme in a video game. <laughs> You're not going to have that issue in an app or, you know, on a website. Um, but what if that, you know, label isn't clear enough on, you know, your website or your app and a user accidentally deletes something of importance, um, you know, in, in their profile or in their, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, we do have the luxury, I think, of doing an undo option. Um, and that got me thinking when I was playing the games, I'm like, man, I wish I could just like control Z or command Z, that stupid move I made where I accidentally shot my pistol at somebody, right? Um, we can't do that in a video game, but in a in a UI for an app or a website, you can often do that, right? Some sort of software interface, right? You can undo things. Um, and so it's, it's always kind of a, a reminder of like, yeah, that, that undo option is, is super important. Like allow the user to be able to correct a mistake they may have made. Um, but hopefully they, your design is good enough to where they don't make that mistake in the first place. Um, so yeah, these I, I'm kind of lessons though are just again they're 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 little reminders, right? They're, yes, I'm playing a video game, but they're reminders of like oh yeah, like be accessible, have clear have clear labels, have good color contrast, you know, um, allow a user to recover from mistakes. Uh, so those things are wildly important, and I think what I'm kind of getting at here with this episode is, you know, you can you can have these lessons be taught to you and you can see examples of these from pretty much anywhere that you're interacting with and in, in things in your life. It doesn't just have to be a website or an app. This can also be from a video game, for instance. Uh, and you can learn a lot of lessons in video games uh, on uh, you know, good, proper UI design and a good user experience that isn't frustrating, that's accessible, uh, that doesn't make people remember things too much. Um, even if you have a much more focused and unfiltered attention like you do in a video game. So I want to I want to kind of open this up now, um, and I would love for you know if you hear this episode, um, you know message me on Twitter at Joshua Reach uh, or on LinkedIn. You know how to find me. If <laughs> you know how to find me, um, or send an email to kind of chat at joshuareach.com. Let me know some examples maybe you've learned from playing video games. I want to, it would be kind of neat to, to gather kind of a populated list if we can find enough, maybe, maybe make a medium article out of this instead of just a podcast episode. Um, but, you know, basically this kind of collection of, of, of either really great things um, like those proper labels or really bad things like poor text size um, examples of, you know, that from video games that we can learn, that we can apply to our website and app design. I think it'd be really interesting to see what else is out there. I obviously play games that I like. It is a wide variety, but I play games I like, and that's that's that, you know. Um, I'm not playing all of the video games that are out there. So there might be ones with better UI design um, and even mobile games, right? So that's a whole nother thing I didn't even really tap into uh, is mobile games. I think Apple Arcade has a lot 
of really, really interesting uh, video games uh, for your phone and tablet that are gorgeously designed um, and in some cases function really well and in other cases fail miserably. Um, but uh, I don't have the examples of that prepared because I haven't played a lot of Apple Arcade games lately. I was playing them more early on last year. But uh, what what have you seen out there in terms of you know things that really worked out well for video game UI that you can maybe and maybe have already applied uh, to the UI to that whole experience that you're creating for a website, an app, software, whatever it may be? Uh, I'm super curious. I'd I'd love to know more uh, about that. Uh, and what you find. So with that, if you liked this episode, uh, I know it's kind of a weird episode, but um, we are still in a pandemic. So it's a weird time. There isn't like a lot of like, hey, I've been here and I experienced this um, <laughs> kind of deals. Um, but uh, if you if you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a nice review, um, especially if you can, if you're on Apple Podcasts, I'm looking at all of you people. I know there's a lot of you out there listening on Apple Podcasts. Um, leave a nice rating and review. Uh, it does help get this podcast out there to more people that maybe you need to know it um, or just share it just share share whatever episode share the whole thing i don't care i'm here to just help share my ideas share my thoughts with you and as always uh you know listen to other uh, product designers ux designers graphic designers uh get multiple viewpoints and opinions because just one person isn't going to have all the answers so with that thanks for listening and i will chat with you all next time <laughs>